This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Hello. It's Friday. Another next Friday. Yep. November 19th, 2021. And a week from now, I'll be asleep at a beautiful resort in Maui, and you won't. Sleeping with the window open, listening to the ocean. Let's go. Getting over a pina colada hangover. Um, I am super stoked. I am ready to leave today, right now. Um, we have got, we've got a lot to talk about today. And stop. Uh, Utah is going duck hunting. Yeah, I said it. I said it. It's not insensitive. It's just the truth. Um, wow. It's going to be that. This is that Friday. Yes, it is. Where it feels like next Tuesday. Yes, it is. Like it is. This has been an incredibly long week. Um, the Yelpatory has absolutely stood on my balls all week long. Um, you know, just, you know, being. Yeah, it's. Oh, my God. That is so true. Thumbs down. Murder everybody. Yeah, because this week has just been that week. Yeah. And I think, you know what I think it is? Knowing that we're going on vacation, I truly believe that this is one of those deals where you're I'm on short timer syndrome. Biggest kick in the balls you'll ever get. That's it. That's the whole deal. I feel like this is short timer syndrome. Meaning? Meaning that I can I can smell the lays and lay and, and not the chips, like the lays or the flowers and stuff. Um. Uh, yeah, I can smell the the coconut sun oil and things, you know, and stuff. And I can see hot chicks with tan lines in Hawaii, like already. Like I'm there, bro. I'm there. We're so there, bro. Uh, yeah. Shaka, bro. Like I'm ready. I'm ready right now. So like that's short timer syndrome when you're already on the beach. Yeah. And you're already in the pool. Your computer's already turned off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not exactly. even on anymore. You ain't checking that email. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not the guy. I'm not that guy either. If you want me to, like, be engaged while I'm on vacation, nah, that's not happening. Yeah, it's I'm not. Out. Yeah. I'm out. Monday is my last day of work for the entire month. And then mm. I have two weeks in, in December, and then I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm going to probably go hurt myself on a mountain somewhere, snowboarding. We might have and- to go back to Mammoth, dude. I mean, seriously, by the way, before we talk about duck hunting, can we just have a discussion about the fact that there's no snow? Yeah. Like anybody seen snow? Can somebody call like Frosty the snowman and hook it up? Because there is no snow here. I, I don't even know. And it's nice to see our good friends in the Cottonwoods finally able to make snow. Um, it's cold enough now that they've been able to... <coughs> Donnie. Wow. Donnie. I just joked myself. Hello. It's cold enough that they've been able to turn on their snow guns, but you were saying there's like some La Nina stuff. Yeah, basically the reason there's no snow is because the Pacific Ocean is warmer and um it's it's basically pushing a a, a high pressure front. And so that's not allowing Salt Lake City to get um weather, essentially. Yeah, sure would be nice if we got some of that weather. Yeah. Um and it sure would be nice if it was cold and snowing tomorrow at Rice Eccles Stadium. 
And that's because the Oregon Ducks are in town. Um, a preview of the Pac-12 championship game by most people's opinions. We'll have the Utes taken on the Ducks. And there's going to be a lot of interesting facets to this game, Jake. But one of the more fascinating storylines um, is this Kyle Whittingham rumor that just won't go away that Kyle Whittingham is retiring after this season. Now, if you watch this show on a daily basis, you know we've been talking about this since September uh, when we first heard the rumor. We talked about it again in October when we heard that rumor again. And then Sports Illustrated decided to get on the bandwagon yesterday, apparently, and report that the rumors are heating up that Kyle Whittingham will step away from college football after this season and call it a career. And... I think it's very interesting that all of this is coming up on Oregon week when you're essentially playing, um, you know, if you're Oregon for a spot in the college football playoff, and if you're Utah, you're playing to lock up the South and, and, you know, auto bid yourself to the Rose bowl. Jake, this is a huge weekend for the Utah Utes. Yeah. And I, and I think for Kyle Whittingham as a football coach, it's, it, it is, you know, uh, there's, it is a huge weekend. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's everything you want as a football coach. It's everything you want as a football player, you know? And, and I think that the way this season has gone down is obviously very different, but it's also uh, an amazing story. And they have the opportunity to, to finish that story and to really cement uh, Whittingham's legacy. I, I think, you know, there's no questioning what Kyle Whittingham has done at, at Utah. Um, I just always think in the moment there's always opportunity to add to that list or that or that resume, and I think this game right here is it could be one of Kyle Whittingham's final best last signature moments. And what I mean by that is if you you know if you win this game, uh, it it would be a huge flex, you know. And unfortunately, uh, this is kind of what we always find ourselves talking about come you know bowl season and the end of the year in college football, which is the Pac-12 always shoots itself in the foot. And what I mean is, is you always have, you know, Oregon or Utah or a, a college football playoff caliber team going to another place to die. And that's kind of what, you know, this Oregon-Utah matchup feels like for Oregon. I feel like Utah is going to come out. They're going to play great defense. Um, and this is going to be a really tough sledding game for Oregon. That's honestly what I feel like it's going to be. And I just think that it, from a college football standpoint and from a, a Pac-12 conference standpoint, it's unfortunate. As a fan, it's amazing. This is going to be a phenomenal game. If you're not if you're not sitting down, turning on ABC, what is it, 530, I think it is, you're not, if you don't have this game on your TV, uh, I don't know that you're a football fan. I mean, this is everything you could ever want. So, yeah, I think this is a huge game for Kyle Whittingham with the retirement rumors around. But I don't think we should be sitting here saying, okay, this is his last game ever. I think we need to see what happens in this game. Because if I know Kyle Whittingham at all, I know that he's not going to go want to go out on a losing foot. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it is really interesting. You talk about, you know, you talk about a guy like Kyle Whittingham and his legacy. And that's such a heavy conversation because for a guy like Whit who's accomplished so much at Utah – um, just over the last decade alone, like you, you think about who this program, you know, ha what this program has turned into since Kyle Whittingham took over. And you think about things like his legacy and you start thinking about, you know, what's left for Kyle Whittingham to prove. And I don't know that there's a whole lot left for him to prove. I would love to see the Utes get to a Rose Bowl. I'd love to see the Utes win a, 
a Pac-12 championship. And I'd love to, to see Kyle Whittingham go, go out on the highest of notes. But, Jake, it seems like this year has been so tumultuous. Um, and really the last calendar year has really just been soul-crushing um, for Kyle Whittingham. He talked about that th this week on ESPN about just how difficult the last year has been. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does a win tomorrow night at Rice Eccles against Oregon really mean for him? Yeah, I think it's a. I, I think for him, for the program, for the players, for even for the fans, for everybody on the Utah side, I think a win tomorrow against this Oregon team it just is. You know, I'm not trying to be corny, but but I think it is it is one of those classic sports moments. You know, you you have you have a program that has lost two players in two years. You you have a program that was really struggling. You have a program that you know, had had a quarterback quit on him, and then they come back. And I'm not even – I know that that's a, a, a point of, you know, joking, right? But I'm being serious. He quit on this team. And and I think that that this this team took that personally. They obviously had to deal with the loss of, of those players. And so I think now they've come together, and they've been winning, and they've been doing their job, and, and, they've, and it's just – it's just that story, that feel that only sports can really put out. You know, hey, we were really struggling. We had tragedy in the program. We we lost a quarterback. Like all this stuff happened, but we came together. We didn't. The program, like again, all credit to Kyle Whittingham, right? This program could have easily just gone in and put in a three and ten season or whatever. You know, you could have put in like a a terrible season, but you didn't do that. You, instead, what did you do? You you've got you you've leaned on your leadership and Kyle Whittingham and that coaching staff. You've leaned on the leaders of this football team and Britton Covey and Devin Lloyd, and they came together. And now you've been winning football games, and you put yourself in a position to to not only be a a a ball breaker for Oregon, but also to go out and put yourself in a position to win the Pac-12 conference. That's right. And I think that that is just magical sports stuff. If you're a sports fan, that's what you're looking for. And and I just think that it just means so much if they could win this game. Do we romanticize the impact that guys like Kalani Sataki and Kyle Winningham have on, on this state? I think we make a big deal about the impact of, of coaches. I think we make a big deal about, you know, how this is Kalani's dream job and Kyle Winningham, you know, is the perfect fit at Utah. And do we overstate that? Do we... Do we, and the right word again is romanticize it. I think Kyle Whittingham is the perfect fit. You broke the mold when that guy popped out the womb. Like it, there's no, there's nobody else like him. Yeah. I mean, if we romanticize, you know, Kalani and Witt, then we definitely, you know, uh, are too negative on other people in the college football world who struggle, you know, and that's what sports is about. It's an emotional thing for fans and for, for people like us who obviously cover it, you know, and I think that. I think that sports, as you have said for probably a decade at this point, is the thing that brings us together. And I think that because it is that thing in our life and it plays that role, um, you know, there's a lot of emotion behind it. I mean, think about it this way. Like, if we take a step back and we look at the NFL, I mean, you know, when you have Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holiday season coming, the NFL is absolutely part of all of those days. And, and we look forward to the NFL Thanksgiving game, whatever that is. You know, we look forward to Christmas Day in the NBA. So, yeah, we, I mean, sure, if you want to say we romanticize it, sure. 
I'm saying that I want to have a belly full of great food and I want to have sports on the TV and I want to be on PTO and not be worrying about the stresses of life. Yeah. So that's probably why we we feel that way about sports. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm more than happy to give Kyle Whittingham and Kalani Sataki all the love in the world because I think they've earned it. They've done amazing things in their roles and they deserve it. Well, and it's interesting in, in the state of Utah in particular, because this is not in every state. Yeah. But in the state of Utah in particular, you've had some legendary coaches here. I mean, if if you think about Lavelle Edwards, if you think about Jerry Sloan, Kyle Whittingham, Kalani Sataki now mm -hmm. is starting to climb into that echelon. And by the way, I also don't think Kalani's there yet. I mean, Kalani's had a nice start to his career at BYU. Kalani's not a legendary coach yet. He's had a nice 18 months right now. That's what I would say. He's had a nice 18 months. There's a lot of momentum in the program. A lot of great things are happening. But, hey, you still got to go out and get into a New Year's Six. Hey, you still got to go out and win the Big 12 the first year you're in there. Like, you still got to go and do these things to get to that status. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's one of those things where you we just need to take a minute and realize how good Kyle Winningham is at his job. That's where I'm – you know, that's kind of where I'm going when we talk about romanticizing – the history of coaches in this in this state and and I think I think because there's not a uh, an NFL team here, that's why these guys are so important. You know, you look around the other states in the Pac-12, mm -hmm. they've all got NFL teams. You know, you look at you know uh, you know like the Seahawks. You look at you know obviously it goes without saying California's got you know what three NFL teams or whatever yeah. it is. You know, like I, I, you look around and you know ev basically everybody else has has an NFL team and we don't have one here. And I think that's why locally the, 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 the football fan is so plugged into BYU and Utah. And yes, everyone's going to come into the comments and say, well, what about Utah state and Weber and whatever I'm telling you? Great. Yeah. Those, those programs are cute, but at the end of the day, Utah and BYU are, you know, the ticket. Yeah. But I, I think if you look around the history of sports and if you look around, I mean, I, I grew up in Chicago with some legend. I mean, there's no more legendary coach than Mike Ditka. But I, I, I think when you look at longevity and success, I think that's what defines the greatness of, of coaches. Yeah. And if you look at Kyle Whittingham, you know, he's not a flash in the pan. This guy has been uh, – he's a Utah for life. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I do think there's a really good chance. And I don't know what you think about this, but yeah. I do think there's a real good chance he's going to retire. I mean, he he was – that interview on ESPN the other day, he was nothing short of on the edge of emotions. Like, mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people saw that. I'd encourage you to go back and watch it. But Kyle Whittingham was on ESPN the other day, and he was straight-up emotional. Yeah, and I think he's been that way most of the season. You know, and I, and I think that, you know, he, he – he, we mentioned Monday on the show, I think it was, that, that Kyle Whittingham, the way he's talking in interviews – Without saying that he's going to retire, he's basically saying he's going to retire, which is like, you know, yeah, yeah it the, feels that you know, way. like yeah. just some of the comments yeah. he's been making. And, and so I don't think it's a negative or or certainly anything that 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 he should be criticized for. I think that Kyle Whittingham um, ha, has been an amazing, you know, pillar in the community for many years now. I don't even know how long he's been the head coach at Utah ever. I mean, you know, it's been a minute, but I just think that. You know, we shouldn't start like back in what did you say it was October when we did the first video on if Kyle was September gonna, or September. I remember during those times, there was a lot of conversations in the comments and people kind of abroad in the media 
asking, well, who is Utah going to hire? Because the Kalani to USC thing was, you know, starting to heat up a little bit. And, you know, there was all this conversation in the state of Utah. And I think that, that we sh- we're just not there yet. We shouldn't be talking about, you know, Kyle's replacement. We shouldn't, I mean, we're kind of being forced to talk about whether he's going to retire or not because of the way he's talking. But I just think right now when you're playing Oregon and you're, and you're you know, in a huge, huge week, yeah. that's what we should be focused on. And, and I think that, that wit deserves that. If you're a Utah fan and you're thinking, okay, you know, what is what does Kyle Whittingham really deserve right now? He deserves us to pay attention to Oregon and put off the retirement talk until their season's over with. And, yeah, and I that's, would agree with that, that. That's just what I think it is. Well, and I, I think it's always difficult when you start hearing rumors like this. You start talking about replacements. Yeah. And it's, it is it is nothing short of disrespectful. It's a but snowball how do you effect. not? Yeah, it's a snowball effect. Oh, my God, Kyle Whittingham's retiring. Okay, well, hey, if he's gone, well, hell, who's going to replace him? You know, I mean, it's just a natural progression of the conversation, which is why I say, hey, yes, I think there is a – I don't know, 60% chance he retires probably. It's definitely better than 50-50. I think he's definitely leaning towards it. But, you know, what are you going to say if you're sitting here talking about him retiring and then all of a sudden he says he's going to come back? I mean, then you're going to feel like an idiot. So that's why I say, you know, rather than talking about his replacement and where is Utah going to go and yada, yada, you know, let's talk about, hey, if this is his last, you know, best moment as Utah's head coach, let you know, send it out on a high note, and that's what I think Kyle Whittingham is trying to do. I think he's trying to win a huge game, go win his bowl game, and get on with it. So that's where I think he is, honestly. You know, I I also think, by the way, there's a football game we got to talk about because, Seriously. yeah, I mean, Oregon's coming, and this is a college football playoff team. I think you know, obviously, not to state the obvious, obviously, Obvi. but you know, wait, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, yeah, um, facts. <laughs> yep. Not to state the obvious, this is the game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for for Utah, this is the game of the year. And this is that game where, you know, all of your fate's going to be decided. And I think one of the things that, um, you know, I, I look at um, with this game is that I think Utah's going to have to win when they have three tight ends on the field. Um, because I think whether it's Fotheringham or, I mean, you, you, you know, Keithy, you know, like I, 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 my point is when you have three tight ends of this caliber, they're big body guys that can move people and oh, by the way, that can catch the football. I think those three tight end sets have been remarkably efficient and effective for Utah. And if they're going to beat Oregon, my opinion is, Jake, they're going to have to do that with three tight ends on the field. Yeah, and the reason they need to do it with three tight ends on the field is because they need to get uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, moving. You can't just have him sitting in the box waiting for your running backs. And I think that, um, you know, when you have these sets where three tight ends are on the field, it allows you to be creative. You know, obviously you could run out of that. Obviously you can pass out of that. And I think that you have to be – you know, to beat a defense like Oregon, you have to keep them guessing. You got to keep them on the back foot, and because if they know, um, if they know you're going to run the ball, you're not winning that down. And right. I think that yeah. you know you have to you have to be creative. So it's not just about you know Tavion Thomas or Micah Micah Bernard, right? It's not just about uh, Cam Rising. Like it's about an offensive game plan that keeps the Oregon defense guessing because at I, I just believe that Utah's defense is quality enough to stop Oregon's offense. The question is going to be, can Utah's offense, you know, beat Oregon's defense? That's where I truly believe this game will be decided. I don't think it has anything to do 
with Oregon's offense. I, I think it has everything to do with Oregon's defense versus Cam rising. Can Cam not turn the football over well, as well? And I also think that Oregon hasn't seen a, uh, a team that runs the way that Utah does. And obviously, Tavion Thomas is a big question. Um, is he going to play? Most people expect him to play. Um, but, I mean. He's playing. You can't tell me he's going to miss this game. He didn't play against Arizona. Yeah, I just. You know, I mean, and it's, you know, the funny thing is it, who knows what the injury is. Yeah, you know, that's like the tough he's part. a he's yeah. a he's a game time decision. Um you know, so we'll see. I, I think he's gonna play. Um, you know, but he has two straight games with 160 yards and four touchdowns. Like Tavion Thomas is a stud. And he's arrived and we've been waiting for him to arrive. And now that he is here, my God, he has just taken over the the running back spot. And now Pledger did a nice job against Arizona, but Tavion Thomas is your go-to. He's your workhorse. That's the guy that you have to to figure out. And I also think Nick Ford needs to be healthy and effective um, because he is a guy that, um, you know, obviously he got hurt late in the Arizona game, so you worry about that a little bit. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, I would guess that he would be good to go. I think he said on um, – I think he said on ESPN the other day that it, it was cramping mm -hmm. is what, what took him out of that game. And if that's true, you would think he'd be good to go. I just think anybody on this roster right now who's got an injury that they could work around or work with while they play is going to play. I mean, this is one of those games, again, going back to that whole idea of, you know, like romanticizing or yeah. anything like that. This is this is your game of the year. This is this is where you make your stand. You know, you know, guys like you know, Tavion Thomas, like you, you got to play. I mean, you have to, if there, if, if there is any, even if you're 30% of what you can be as a running back, you, you got to do it. You just have to, it's, it's what you do as a leader of a football team when you're in a big game, like against Arizona, that's why you're not going to play in that game. If you're hurt. Okay. It's Arizona. We should handle them. Well, I also wonder it, do we find out who this Utah defense really is? Because obviously I think we all realize this is not the same Utah defense that we have been accustomed to with Kyle yeah. uh, over the last decade, but this is still a pretty good defense. Um, and I'm curious, you know, how will Utah do against the run? Because I think we both agree that if Oregon runs for 200 yards, they're going to win this game. This game's over already. Yeah, they're going to yeah. win this game if they run for 200 yards. And I think that's the thing that, that Utah's going to have to figure out. You're going to be down a corner, obviously, but you're, you need to figure out how do you, um, you know, how do you step up and stop the run against a pretty complex Oregon off Oregon offense? Yeah. That's my biggest question. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think if you're Utah's defense, uh, a lot of, you know, Obviously, Utah is is defensively is not what they usually are. But I think if we're just talking logically, you know, generalized football conversation, not Utah specific, but just as a football defense, you know, what you have to do to to win ball games for for your team, I, I think it's number one, it's gap assignment in the run game. So you have to be disciplined with with what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you need those guys to do their job, and so that's the first thing you want to look for on the first play of the game. Are these guys in the gaps at the right time? Number one. Number two, when the pick opportunity happens, when the inner, when the ball is in the air and the DB is there for Utah to, to, to catch that football and make the interception, do they catch the ball or do they drop the ball? Because there's no room for dropping an easy interception in this game. But I'm telling you, there will be opportunities. I, I truly believe that. I think there will be opportunities in this game if, if Utah executes well for them to turn this, this Oregon offense over. I think that will happen. 
but it's a question of if you catch it or drop it because we've seen like with BYU we've seen that many times we've we've even talked about it how their the ball skills in the secondary really hurt them so for Utah they need to take advantage of those things well and I also think the other thing that really comes to mind is you know what is what is Anthony Brown pull off against this U defense? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's not a prolific passer of the football. I don't think there's anybody that's going to make a Heisman argument um, solely based on his 2,030 yards. And throwing, I, but right? I think I mean, that's an opportunity for the Utes defense. That's exactly what I'm talking well, about. Well, but I also think he brings a certain complexity. I mean, this is a guy that can run for you know between 40 and 75 yards a game on you if you allow him to. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where they really get dangerous. You know, if they run for 200 yards, he generally is going to have 50, 60 yards on the ground on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and die, I think we all know what die can do. But I think you're going to see that Utah's going to dare uh, Anthony Brown to beat them with his arm. And I think there's, there's some risk in that. Um, Utah, I think, wants to be physical. I think Utah likes likes to win games in the trenches. And, and I know that sounds so cliche. But I, I think this offensive line has really taken a huge step forward. Um, I think that you've gotten – a lot of that is Cam Rising. I think his ability to understand where this offensive line is. Because when your offensive line's not executing very well, and let's be honest, um, you know, the offensive line at Utah has had a lot of struggles early in the season um, when Quitter quarterback was in there. But now that Rising's in there, I think you're seeing – He's getting rid of the football more quickly. He understands weaknesses on that line and which way he has to favor. So my feeling is anyway that Utah's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. And I think Utah's going to win this game somewhere along the lines of a 38-27, 38-24 you know, game. Yeah. I, 38 feels heavy against Oregon in this game. That'd be my only. I do believe Utah's winning this game. I if do. If Tavion Thomas plays, they're going to score. they're going to score 35 points. Yeah. If if Tavion Thomas plays, I am very confident that they will score 35 points. Yeah, my my I don't doubt that that could happen first of all, but but my 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 feeling, my instincts, you know, based on, you know, reading and watching and looking at this game, I I feel like this is a close game. I feel like this isn't a game where either of these teams are going to get away. I don't feel like this is a, like a 10-point victory or even a touchdown victory. I feel like this is a you know, uh, yeah, a 35, 31, a 35, you know, like a one score, real close kind of game. Uh, and I do think that Utah pulls it out in the end. I think that Utah wins this game, ends Oregon season. You know, it's that kind of storyline on Monday. Yeah, I think it's really interesting just looking at some of the numbers. Um, you know, just looking at some of the numbers in this game, I think it's going to be very close. Um, until the end. And I think you're going to see that. I just think that Utah is going to wear Oregon down. Yeah. This game's had, if this game was at Autzen, I'd be picking it the exact opposite way, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's in Sac Lake City. And I think there is no defense that gets after the quarterback or racks up tackles for loss, plays in the backfield. I want to say it's going to be really cold, too. It's going to be I, in the, it's going to be in the 30s, um, yeah. you know, as the night goes on. So my feeling is that I really like Utah in this game. You know, and if I think 35-28, 38-27, is where I'm going to stick. Okay. I'm going to go 35-28. You know, the the rain is not necessarily the issue that I think for Oregon. I do think the cold is going to play a larger factor because there's a chance of precipitation. 
Um, but it's going to be in the, the low 40s, high 30s. For yeah. that game, so yeah, I I agree. I think I I I'm with you. I think it's a I think it's I don't think it's more than 40 points. I think it's like 35, 31. I, I think it's in the in the low to mid 30s. I think it's a one possession game, and I think that um, I I think that Utah's defense they're they're winning this game with defense. To be clear, they they may have a big offensive night, but the defense is going to have to make a play to stop Oregon and win this game. That's on it. Like at the, that's just how I think the yeah. game is going to play out. And I think a lot of people have gotten lost in the line on this game that Utah's such a home favorite. I, what does the line actually mean? Yeah, the line actually means nothing. Uh, to me, Oregon's a very, very good football team. I think Utah's a little better than Oregon at home, um, and that's why I think Utah's going to win the game. Cody Strickland says, "Good morning, men. What's up?" He says, "It's cold as heck up in Tooele." You're a Tooele man. I didn't know that. He says, but no snow. James Knight says, does Mrs. Monty know we can see her in the reflection? Yes, she's well aware. Uh, I'm going to ask David Locke why Donovan refuses the Rudy Gobert pass down the lane Dude. when it's an easy two points. Because it's a confidence issue. It's a confidence. Rudy Gobert, everybody got all bonered over, oh, the Eurostap. Can you measure it? If Rudy Gobert puts the ball on the floor, he has not shown an ability to score. So guys are a little reticent to give him the ball when his back's to the basket. The only guy who does it regularly is Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, Brandon Christensen says, Kyle Whittingham was pretty emotional in one of his recent press conferences when he was asked to reflect on his time at Utah, so very likely he could retire at the end of the season. I agree with that. Uh, CJ, good morning to you. He says, good morning, guys. It's crazy people aren't giving Oregon a chance. I... I think people are very much giving Oregon a chance. Um, I don't think there's any question that people respect the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Not that I'm criticizing you. I just don't know what you, where you saw that, or or what you're, you know, what you're seeing. I don't know if that's just like Twitter activity or whatever. But anybody who covers college football is giving Oregon a good chance in this game. I, I think the conversation isn't that Oregon's getting blown out. They're not getting blown out. Oregon is going to be in this game late, and they're going to have a chance. And I think that that's why I say. I just truly believe that that this game is going to come down to Utah's defense. They're going to have to get that that stop with, you know, two minutes left in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the game. That, yes. Like, they're going to be in that kind of position. And, and uh, frankly, I don't think you could ask to be in a better spot. You know, hey, we're ahead. It's late. We're leaning on our great defense to win us a game. I think if you're Kyle Whittingham and that team, that's where you want to be. Yeah, and I, I simply say, and this is just my opinion, I simply say that, the respect factor and the reason people are leaning um, towards Utah is because Kyle Whittingham is a hell of a coach, um, you know, with a hell of a reputation. Hell yeah, and he is. And so, to me, I mean, he's earned that respect. Yeah. Clint Griffith, what's up? Good to see you. People knock uh, Kyle, but compare what Kyle does with what he gets to that school to the other schools in the conference, Kyle is a stud and a legend. Oh, yeah, Kyle Whittingham yeah. is a legend. He's going to be a legend in this There's state no for doubt. decades, dude. Yeah, and his ability, he really, you know, listened from being the original BCS buster to, you know, creating a pipeline from Florida to Utah, going into Texas, California, you know, really bringing a, a national feel to Utah recruiting and bringing in the best athletes, really leveraging the JUCO system, uh, now leveraging the transfer portal, Kyle Whittingham, you know, it has has made Utah football what it is. 
The unfortunate thing is he's never embraced the quarterback position. And Kyle Whittingham is a conservative offender who usually has a stacked defense. And I think it's it's hurt their ability to grow in the Pac-12. That is the one knock that I have for Kyle Whittingham. He never embraced an explosive Jackson Dart type quarterback who can come in, run the ball, throw the ball, and just be the guy. Do things for you. He's never embraced that. Your best player's always been on defense. And so I think that's been the one, the one knock against him. Eric C says, Phil Jackson, Pete Carroll, Bruce Bochy over here. We wish we had Jerry Sloan. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we've all in our generations had great coaches. I mean, if you look at, you know, you, you, you mentioned Phil Jackson. Think about Pat Riley before that. Um, you know, you look at the Clippers. Oh, wait, the Clippers have never had a good coach. Anyway, my point he is. Kick a person when he's down. Yeah. Um, I think no matter what you're a fan of, you know, I've, I've had, you know, some great coaches that I've been around. I mean, Bruce Bochy is one of the best managers I've ever been around. Um, but seeing guys like Bochy, Tony LaRussa, uh, Phil Jackson is easily head and shoulders, the best basketball mind I've ever spoken to. There have been some legendary coaches in our generation. And I think, you know, now they we're seeing those young guys, the Luke Fickles of the world, you know, starting to rise through the ranks. Kalani Sataki is one of those guys rising through the, the ranks, you know, like that's why they're all in demand when a major job like USC opens, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Washington football opens and everybody wants to talk to Kalani Sataki. You understand why? Yep. Because they're young, talented coaches. Um, Greg Hawkins says, happy Friday, gents. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Uh, checking out the PFF player grades, Utah matches up really well against Oregon. Yeah. And I'm actually a huge fan of PFF. I'm a subscriber. Um, and looking at those numbers, I mean, Cam Rising is is the highest rated quarterback in this game. There, there are people so, talking about that this is an opportunity for him to become like a national name. Like this, like this is an opportunity for him to be like an, an actual guy. Know, I, I – I think Cam Rising is a good quarterback right now. I don't know what the next step up in his game is. Mm -hmm. um, I think Utah's got to do a better job. They've got to get better wide receiver talent. Because um, I think he, you know, he distributes the ball really well. He is an efficient passer. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. Um, and he takes care of the football. I'm curious if he had, you know, if he had a Kenny Scott. What if he had, you know, what if he had some of the burners of the past? Yeah. What if he had a Dres Anderson? I, I don't know. Would he be driving the football down the field more? I don't know. But I think that Cam Rising's a hell of a quarterback, and I think he's done a really nice job for this club. And it will be interesting to see, you know, what how he develops and what the next, you know, what the next iteration. Hello? The next Hello. level of development for Cam Rising is. I'll, I'll be curious to see that. Um, Neville 93 says, did you guys see the jazz game, uh, last night? No, I, I, the jazz, we don't played? watch jazz games. No, we are don't. you sure? Shout the Mobamba. Yeah, yeah. I, I just watch magic games now. You know, that's yeah. kind of my, that's kind of my team. So, you, you know, know Mobamba and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Shout the Mobamba. Yeah, of course we did. Uh, Larry Pilgrim. Wow. Larry Pilgrim, uh, says, uh, Lloyd is higher than Noah. Our tackles are higher and Davis is higher as well. And Tafua is, uh, isn't far behind. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, Utah's talented. I just wish that Utah had sk the skill positions are an issue. I mean, if you look at 
corner depth and wide receiver depth specifically. Like wide receiver depth at Utah is a problem right now. I mean, it, and that's why I said they're going to have to win with three tight ends on the field. If you, if you want to watch a key to the offense for Utah, how often do they score touchdowns? How often do they break big runs with three tight ends on the field? Because yep. that's where they're going to win. You know, like that, that's where they're going to win. Uh, CJ says, mostly Twitter, haven't had time to even follow BYU stuff this week. Um, okay. Uh, Snuka says, good morning, everyone. What's up, Snuka? Good to see you. Tanner Plummer says, my prediction, Utah 35, Oregon 30. Yeah, see, and, and that just kind of feels what this game is. Like that, honestly, that's what it seems like. That's interesting. Uh, Tanner also says, the state of Utah has had some great coaches. Lavelle, Stan Watts. Uh, yeah, we know who Stan Watts is. Thanks. Uh, he Because he puts in parentheses, legendary BYU basketball coach. Is there anybody in this town who doesn't know who Stan Watts is? Stan. Stan. Ron McBride, Rick Majerus, Kyle Whitting. Rick Majerus, good addition. Absolutely. Um, I, whoa. Why'd you delete your comment? Man, I'm reading your comment and you delete it. You know. Uh, Monty, I agree with uh, you. Yesterday on Twitter, I also said 35-28. Nice. I like it. The line is only there to encourage betting on both sides. Correct. I agree with that. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think this is just a huge game. Mm -hmm. This is a massive. This is what's great about November football. It's a huge flipping game. Yes. Like this is one of those games where you, you, you know, we don't watch jazz or BYU sports. Like I had a guy yesterday on, on YouTube. Do you guys ever pay attention to BYU sports? Bro, are you serious right now? No. We don't, um, you know, anyway, the point is, uh, this is one of those games. This is why you watch football in November because national championship implications, Rose bowl, big bowl, big money implications, mm -hmm. recruiting implications, you know, like you're going to have on an incredible uniform. If you're a Utah Ute, you're going to have on something that, you know, resembles, you know, a dog that ate deer crap and vomited. If you're an Oregon fan, you're, that's what your uniform looks like. Um, you know, so. Bro. What? A Martian exploded. What do you want me to say about their you know. uniforms? Yeah, I get it. Their I uniforms are terrible. What are they? They're, so they're wearing a bright green one or what? Who cares? I hate Oregon. Have I ever mentioned that on the show? You seem to not like teams that wear green. Okay, well, okay, I hate the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. I hate the Boston Celtics. Um, the Green Bay Packers. Who? Yeah. Um, I like the Irish of Notre Dame. Um, they don't wear green. Yeah, they do. They wear blue and gold. Just do, you guys, do you guys understand what I have to deal with? They wear blue and gold, not you, green. Like, I'm talking about Notre Dame, the, the Notre Dame uh, fighting Irish. Bro, they don't wear green. You're an idiot. They wear blue and gold. No. I. When's the last time they wore a green jersey? God, what did I ever do to you? Um. You know, like, I say my prayers. Um, hell I no. I don't tithe. Hell um, no. You know. I, I, what did I ever do to deserve this kind of punishment? It's not the best situation, and we all know that. Notre Dame doesn't wear green. They don't. Okay. They don't. Okay. Like, what What do I even say to something that I'm it's so outlandish? Who like, does that? That's just you saying that to piss me off. Right? No, it's like, not. It, this is it's you, not. This is you throwing cookies at the fat guy, isn't it? Okay. That's what this is. Here we go. Right? Had, to, had to bring fat? in. Yeah, you had to bring in the fat jokes. Well, that's what this is. It's isn't not. It? They don't wear green. They don't. There's no green clover on their helmet. 
there's a tiny little green clover on their jersey that's white with blue numbers. I just, I don't get with it. With typically gold pants and white socks. Greg Hawk, what is wrong with you? Eric C. says, Monty, just curious, who's your most legendary coach ever in California? Steve Kerr. No, John Wooden. Yeah, John Steve Wooden. Kerr. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, you say <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know how. He's got three championships as a coach. Why? What? Like, what? I'm I'm, I'm wondering, did I go Snoop Dogg and sell my soul to the devil? Like, I'm trying to figure this out. I said, who's the most legendary coach in California? You said Steve Kerr. Bruce Bochy? You're an idiot. Tanner says, wait, Monty, is that why you hate the Philadelphia Eagles? No, everybody hates the Eagles just because, well, they're the Eagles. Oh, I know. Jim Harbaugh. Shut up. <laughs> All gas, Stop no it. break. Fat Jesus says, of course they don't watch BYU. They're too busy watching the Jazz. See, he gets it. <laughs> yeah. um, Eric C. says, damn, Steve Kerr, LOL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I Like, you know. Uh, Greg Hawkins says it feels like Nike is pulling a sick joke on the Oregon admin and everyone is pretending that the emperor still has no clothes. Seriously, because the emperor would go nude rather than wear an Oregon uniform like it's not good. It's not good. I agree. The splatter paint thing was a fail. That was that was ugly. OK, well now. OK, so you took your meds and you're back to normal now. Uh, I mean, if meds are caffeine, sure. Idiot. Well, then Notre Dame doesn't wear green. Facts. Show like, me a green Notre Dame uni. Are you kidding me right now? No, I'm not doing this with you today. I'm not. I am not doing this today. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. An idiot. Just Google search Joe Montana Notre Dame, and it's the only okay, thing you ever need to know. Okay, that's Joe Montana like 50 years ago. God, I'm they wear about that jersey twice day. a year. And what do, what they, are wear? You what do, they, what do they wear every other week? Well, oh, but you didn't say. I, oh, my God. They're not a green team. They're hey, not. Uh, good news. Um, we're giving away this Xbox. And, and we're, we're going to give it away on the same day that our new co-host for me starts. Makes me uh, want to puke. We're hiring somebody to replace Jake. Uh, it's probably yeah, gonna, next question. Yeah, it's probably going to be Steve Kerr. Anyway, yeah, the hey. point is. Hey. Is, hey. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Anyway. I mean, I he does you, have three championships. I know you're coach. just screwing with me on Notre Dame. How can you say they don't wear green? Like, and you're serious. Yeah, That's what I'm I think. dead you're serious. serious. 90% of the time, they don't wear green. How are they a green That's team? That's not what you said. That's not what you, A, and they're the fighting Irish. Uh, I have a clover on my wrist. What color is it? Huh? It's green. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? That's like saying uh... That's like saying the Yankees don't have pinstripes. Like, what are you talking That's about? That's enough of that crap. All right, so Rudy Gay burned a building down last night by scoring 20 points and hitting a bunch of threes. It's Friday. Like, this, it needs to be next Friday already. The Jazz were green. God. <laughs> like, Rudy Gay wears green. Um, <laughs> he hit 27 threes last night, and the Jazz blew out the Raptors. Yeah. The most exciting thing about Rudy Gay is he allows the Jazz to play small ball. Yeah. That's the most exciting thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, 
I, I think it is. Yeah. Greg Hawkins makes a good point. A quick Google search of green Notre Dame uniforms pulls up endless results. Yeah, that might be true, but that doesn't mean like, okay, here's my point on the green Jersey thing. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said this, Greg. So the Eagles wear green every single week. No, they don't. Yes, they do, oh my bro. God. Yes, they do. No matter what, they've always got some form of green on green Jersey or green pants or like they have green is part of their uni every week. Right? Notre Dame's jersey setup, nine weeks out of ten weeks, is gold pants with a white or a blue uni and a gold helmet. I really don't know how to break this to you. Because you don't watch Notre Dame football. I, I am well aware of that. You expecting this one. By the way, there, anyway, the point is um, they, have, they have green on their uniform in some form or fashion. Anyway, the point is they have all they have all green fucking uniforms, man. Like their their whole thing. Right, but that's my point. I'm not saying they never wear oh green. God. I'm yeah, saying they're exact, not a oh green team. I'm saying they're not a green team. Oregon is a team that wears green on a consistent basis. I'm drowning you in the ocean. <laughs> the Seahawks are a team that wear green on a consistent basis, however ugly it may be. I'm just going to stop. Anyway, so the Jazz played well. So did Rudy Gay. Cool. They can play small ball. Um, <laughs> like, I just don't understand this argument. Where does this come from with you? You uh, go we from, didn't plan this. You go from they never wear green. We're arguing over Notre Dame right now. Yeah. You're in, you, see, you ruin the show. I really don't care if you think On a sus. daily basis. <laughs> and then you bring up. The Seahawks. Who wants to talk We're about the Seahawks? We're talking about teams that wear green. Like, why would you bring up this, the Seahawks? By the way, the by the way, this all this all stemmed from, you know, teams that you hate that happen to wear green. That's where this came from. Yeah, I would agree. But then you're like, oh well, but I like Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, but Notre Dame almost never wears it. No, that. Oh my God, I I can't. Go to their website. Look at their mascot for crying out loud. Go home. They're Irish. Anyway. All right. Good talk. You're such an a-hole. Yeah, I'm um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, play Aaron Rodgers drops now. I hope his toe gets gangrenous and falls off. <laughs> that would be green. Idiot. He's got a toe injury now. Yeah, well, you know. Can we get back to normal NFL games this weekend, by the way? Last weekend was one of the worst weekends ever. Do you realize the number of um, casinos that lost seven figures last weekend in the NFL? It was yeah, like record-breaking. Yeah. Record-breaking losses. Yeah. In October 8th, 1921, ND wearing green jerseys for the first time against Iowa. Facts. 1921. Okay, great. I never said that they never wear green, dude. What we're saying is, is that some teams wear green like every week. Oregon, the Packers, the Seahawks, you know, those teams. All I'm saying is Notre Dame pretty regularly is wearing gold pants with a white or blue jersey and a gold helmet. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I I can't argue. Look, listen, you can't fix stupid. I, you just can't. 
If you don't think that green is part of everyday life at Notre Dame, you're just you have no idea what you're you're like lost. Okay, maybe I am lost. You are lost in the you're world. Such a smart person, you really are lost. Aren't yeah, you? you're lost. Like you are, you're you're Karen. You're lost. Like okay, what do you man? Man, what you want me to say to them? I mean, look, asshole. Yeah, let's get the, the Mrs. Monty mirror. The ma- this, the Mrs. Monty mirror with the 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 Notre Dame mascot on it. I mean, it's green, motherfucker. It's green. He's he. I it, get it. He's Irish. It's. I get it. I'm not denying it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rudy Gay. Does Joe Ingles ever play another minute no. with Rudy Gay on the roster? Nope. See you later, Joe. Where's James Knight? Um, <laughs> you go looking through the comments for James. <laughs> I don't know if he's here or not, but Rudy Gay is going to take every single Joe Ingles minute there is. And I think it's good for the team. I think Joe I needs rest. Too. I think I think I legit think that that it would not be a crime if Joe took a uh, honestly like I think if Joe took a few games off, I don't think that'd be a crime. I think the guy <laughs> needs rest. Barfing Chicken says, sick of NFL handing us bags full of baby barf labeled Thursday Night Football. Seriously, <laughs> bro. 25 to nothing? Come on, dude. Def- interception after interception, quarterback after they quarterback. Played, okay, listen. Atlanta played three quarterbacks, and every one of them threw egregious interception. Matt Ryan should just get traded now. Yeah. Like, this has to be <coughs> the end of the road for Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Yeah. This has to be it. He deserves better. Dude. Has to be it. I mean, yeah, and Thursday Night Football has not been scintillating. When has it, it ever been scintillating? There have occasionally been good match. I mean, the Monday Night games have been fantastic. Monday Night is always better than Thursday. Monday Night this year has been fantastic. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no. What, okay, what do you want me to say about BYU that hasn't already been said? Um, BYU's got a business trip this week. Yeah. It's Georgia Southern. We talked about it ad nauseum yesterday. And everyone said, oh, you guys got to talk more Utah. Okay. Talk more Utah. Well, no, what I'm saying is I think we all know the job at hand for, for BYU. It's just a matter of do you have the cojones to do it? Cajones. Cajones. Do you guys realize you're two spots in the, the rankings away? Yeah. From being top 12? You're two wins away, dude. Two spots away. Like, win your ball what games, are we talking handle about? business. Uh, and. And honestly, like, uh, again, we were talking about this in the vaunted pre-show meeting behind the scenes about, like, hey, what do we want to start with today? I literally said, there's nothing to talk about with BYU. This is very simple this week. It's time to play football. Go down there, kick their ass to the tune of 60-plus <laughs> points, and come back to Provo. It's that simple. That's it. That's it. Like, literally. Uh, Timon Scott says, love to see KVN get get the pick six, though. Kyle Van Oy, he where did he go? He didn't go to BYU. No, BYU doesn't. BYU doesn't put guys in the league. Yeah, they don't have yeah, any I mean, players in the NFL. Like they haven't. Has, has a BYU football player ever gone to the NFL? I don't think so. I can't think of one. Um. I mean, I know all the Utah guys that are in the NFL. But, um. I mean. Anyway, the point is, Kyle Van Oy, uh went to Brigham, and uh, Jake loves that. That's Brigham. Like one, that's one of your favorite. <laughs> Kyle Van Oy, Bring them. <laughs> uh, Jake loves that. Uh, um, yeah, but I, I think I think Calvin Oy just somehow extending his life in the NFL. It's playing um, well. I mean, he had that that unfortunate period of time in Miami, but 
I he's playing well. I mean, three sacks, pick six, like really had an impact on that football game last night. Wasn't am, am I wrong? Wasn't I thought Kyle Vanoy was on the was on one of those Super Bowl teams? Oh yeah, he absolutely. was right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He went to Brigham, which is probably a different school. I would agree. Probably yeah, too. probably you're right. It could yeah. be BYU. They don't. Danny Sorensen doesn't play at BYU. Nope. Either. Nope. He doesn't win Super nope. Bowls. Uh, it doesn't Jason happen. Hill, you know. Um. You know. Richard McDonald, Dick McDonald had a farm. Uh, BYU greater than Utes in Oregon. No, they're not. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, my prediction, BYU 70, Georgia Southern, Wachitachi State University 14. Everybody's talking about Wachitachi State now. They'd like to know how to apply to get in. Um, any uh, any insight on Wachitachi, the good old Wachitachi? Nah, you know, you, got, you just got to know some people. Hit me in the DMs. Might be able to pull some strings. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see the picture of Tyler Huntley and Tyson Williams sitting together uh, in the Ravens photo? I did not see that. I did not see it. But, you know, Tyler Huntley, I wonder when Tyler Huntley leaves there to go and get it. Uh, Richard, Dick McDonald says, Richard McDonald, I'll stop. Richard McDonald says, records would disagree with you, sir. Um, well, the record for Oregon wouldn't disagree with me. So what, wait, what are we talking about here? Records for what? BYU being better than Oregon. I mean, listen, I, I, why do you have to do this as a BYU fan? Yeah, why, why, why is it necessary? You beat Utah. Enjoy that for three years. Enjoy that. Like, the thing I don't understand is why this is what you BYU fan does. I, I, I think Oregon would beat BYU. I do. And, I, like, and here's, the, here's the thing. Would And this is a legit question. Would BYU beat Utah again? Hmm. Man, I'd love to see that game, bro. I it, would love that. If it was played right now, mm. can't, you know, in quitter noodle arm, Linguini thrower isn't <laughs> your starting quarterback. Can't tell me that BYU and Utah isn't a one-possession game at the very most. Like, it's a great football game. Why do we have to continue to be, oh, BYU's better? Well, maybe they're not. They're not better than Oregon. I can tell you that right now. I think I think BYU and Utah are even right now. Right Snuka now. says, I bet Wachitachi State's a green school. They, they actually are. They wear green every week. See, the stuff that you start on this show that, like, it just hangs around like a fungus. <laughs> and you're just, you're. Spinal. You know. Back is broken. Uh, you know. Oregon, and, Oregon, BYU beat Utah in football and Oregon in basketball. Just facts. So what is. But that doesn't mean that BYU football would beat Oregon in football. At, uh, I'm missing the logic. Yeah, there's no, uh, there is none. Greg Hawkins says, "Go Hawks." Okay. Yeah, for real. Like, come on, dude. You know, come on. When she says Go it, Hawks. yeah, she's probably talking to Greg Hawkins. Probably. I think Greg Hawkins. That was like Ciara sending you like a secret message. Go Hawks. Yeah, she wants you, Greg. Like, Go she, Hawks. you know, she's not. She has an affinity for Filipino TV stars. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Greg Hawkins is a big time TV star. For those of you who don't know. So we appreciate you being here. Facts. Uh, Casey Finland says you have to go to that fake high school that played on ESPN to be accepted into Wachitachi State. Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, Bishop Sycamore. And you have to have like a GED. They won't take a diploma. Yeah. So GEDs only here. Um, <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg Hawkins says, I feel like she's really there with me. Yeah, go Hawks. That's your best she's laying in, bro. Let's go, baby. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What are we non-sporting today? I went to the chiropractor yesterday. Okay, first of all, before we get into what the chiropractor did to you, 
How do we feel about chiropractors, generally speaking? I think it's practor to practor. Is that like a real thing? I think it's chiropractor to get each, each chiropractor is different. Now I went to the joint at the district and they had like three chiropractors there and you're just like, okay, roll the dice. Well, okay. that's not what that is. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> that is not what that hand motion meant. You roll the dice and you hope for the best. Uh, my point is, um, I got a, a, a little eccentric gentleman um, who straight up said to me, you know, I don't know if my arms are long enough to, to, you know, to get around your torso. Did he just call you fat? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. We fat. joked and laughed and he was uncomfortable with it. Um, <laughs> Which you love. I do. But uh, he did a good job. Like, cracking, like, I asked him not to crack my neck. So, of course, the first thing he did was crack my neck. Uh, which is loud as f in your ears. I hate it. Uh, but it frees up your neck, like you, you know. A lot of motion there, huh? I can turn my head. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh -huh. But I do think chiropractic is an important part of phys you know, being physically right. Mm -hmm. um, because I can tell you right now, I don't know whatever is going on in my upper chest. Like, there's this spot. Like, I pop my collarbone. I broke this collarbone back in the day when I was a young spry gentleman and my asshole brother jumped off of a radiator because he thought he was Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Yeah, I know what time it is. Yeah, and broke my collarbone and my mom didn't believe me and sent me to my room because I was crying. Uh, I had a miserable childhood. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is, um, and like the other day we were doing, what were we doing? Shoulders. We were doing shoulders the other day. Shoulder when raises. When it popped. Yep. Is that what it was? No, I popped it. I pulled your arm and popped no. it. No, Baho. I was doing the shoulder thing and it like popped. And then like, yeah, I had Jake yanked my arm and it like popped back. But yeah, I think that absolutely chiropractors work. Okay. And I think that this guy just physically assaulted me for 20 minutes. Um, like it, you know, was elbowing my hamstrings into my butt. Like, uh, just, he, and he said to me, you know, that the issue is you have a pretty significant um imbalance he's like you really need to stretch more um he said because your hamstrings are flexible um he said but your hip flexors because i was telling him, you know i i like i'll take a wrong step like once a year and tweak my groin and he said that's not your groin that's a hip flexor and it's because you don't stretch them so you need to stretch your hip flexors and he showed me how to do that and he was telling me about doing these wall stretches that i'm already trying to do and but yeah, it, it is it it was a physical beatdown. I'm gonna go back Tuesday morning um and get another get another crack in, but I absolutely think chiropractors make a difference. Yeah, me too. I don't go to them often, but yeah, I mean when you go, you always feel better. Yeah. Um everybody's into this BYU Utah thing now. Oh God. Richard McDonald says the Cougs are undefeated against the Pac twelve. Is Oregon? Love the show, keep up the great work. Oregon's not the Pac twelve. Oregon went to Ohio State and won. Oregon has consistently backed it up on the field with the exception of one bobble against Stanford. Oregon's a legitimate team without C.J. Verdell. They're still running people for 200 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's Which a, tells you their quality on the line. That's a legit football team. Yeah. I don't know that Mario Cristobal can take them to a, a national championship, but they're good. They are, they are legit good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you're going to, you're going to see tomorrow night, how, just how good they are. I mean, Utah, if you, if you come to Sac Lake city and beat Utah, and I keep saying Sac Lake city on purpose, um, if you come to Rice Eccles and win, you, that's a major accomplishment because mm-hmm. that place is going to be lit. It's going to be loud. It's going to be cold. It's a home field advantage for sure. And one of the best. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, uh, Provo pit barbecue says BYU or Utah now depends on which team would show, uh, the BYU that played Boise State. Or the BYU that played Utah earlier, meaning the guys that are out on defense in the O line are all back and healthy. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. Like, I, I think that BYU's biggest issue is in the secondary. I I think their linebackers continue to play great with Chaz Ayu back on the field. I think they're a more dynamic, more dynamic safety linebacker group. But I think, I think injuries have been an issue for both teams. So, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I think they're even. That's what I truly believe. I think at their best, yeah, I they're think even. they're even. They're even. I think BYU and Utah are even at their best. I agree with that. Uh, BYU al- already beat us, so no use in going back and again and again. Now, if Utah and BYU went out and it makes us, it both look good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And by the way, if you're a BYU fan, you're you're pulling for Utah tomorrow night. Yes, you are. You need the strength of schedule. Um, Richard McDonald says, doesn't mean they couldn't couldn't. That's the fun of sports. Talk, talking a little dirt and speaking of hypothetical. Cougs 28-14 if we played. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. You know, like I just, I don't know. I think BYU fan likes to turn the screws. And I well, understand it do. because Utah fans have been turning the screws for 10 years. Yeah. So, you know. Angry Ashley says BYU secondary are slightly an issue. Slightly? They, I'm not sure they could cover me. Uh, Snuka says BYU should play every game like they're playing Utah. Stop being nice. Yeah, seriously. Yep. Like go street fight Georgia Southern tomorrow. I'm and I'm I'm being serious when I say put up seventy. I don't know how many weeks in a row I can say in the show that it's subjective who gets into a New Year's Six Bowl. Yep. It's an opinion. It's not a fact or a formula. It's an opinion. Go put up seventy and prove you know prove it. Make their opinion matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, anyway. Yeah. Back to chiropractors. When's the last time you went to a chiropractor? Back in your baseball days. Yeah, I think so. I honestly couldn't even tell you. I, I think, yeah, back then. Yeah, probably. All right. So, yeah. I'm out of gas, dude. Yeah, I think uh, th- this is what we should be talking about. Being tired. I'm done. Being life wearing you down. I am absolutely cooked. How are we all feeling in the comments with life? Are we tired? Are we ready for the holidays to be here? Yeah, the holidays are interesting are because this is a conversation that I think a lot of people need to have. Like my wife, the my wife works for a major Fortune 500 company, mm. and they were doing training the other day that talked about the, the real story of Thanksgiving because I think we're all aware that the story of Thanksgiving is not, oh, the pilgrims came to America, murdered some turkeys, and invited the – the Native American Indians to sit down and break bread and live in happiness and harmony. Go Hawks. Yeah. Like that's not what happened. We showed up, got off the boat, beat the out of some people and killed them. And we're like, Hey, are you guys hungry? I will downsize your face with a shovel. I mean, the story of of Thanksgiving that we tell in, in school is yeah, not true. Yeah. Um, Christopher Columbus did not discover America and was not a nice man. Like, right. So, 
what do the holidays mean to you? Like, do you look forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas? Oh, yes, I do. So yes, do I. I do. Every year I look forward to it. So do I. I love it. Um, I think the funny thing with our family right now is we're kind of past the, you know, we do like small gifts or whatever, but nothing, you know, like as a kid, you know, the tree just being loaded with gifts and like opening presents and like, you know, like I, I just think it, the dynamic of our family is different now. We would rather be, you know, in Denver or in Mammoth or like traveling or something like that, you know? So like the holidays are more about like resting and enjoying the time off and, you know, just doing whatever it is that we're going to do. Yeah. You know? Eric sees exactly right. Wish we got some snow here for the holidays. Like, yeah, dude, at, we, we are in this country right now going through one of the weirdest weather cycles ever. Um, you really, you really, if you're Tahoe, Denver, obviously park city, Salt Lake city, we need snow. Like industries are dying right now. We're here. We are and today's supposed to be opening day at park city mountain, not happening. Cause they don't have snow. Like it is really unfortunate, um, that there has just been a lack of precipitation. Um, and I think that's going to continue. I'm really worried about this season. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in November, December. I mean, November's lost at this point. Yeah, it's over. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like having been to Mammoth, it's not like Mammoth's got feet of snow, um, but their snow guns have been on them a lot much longer and they have a lot more actual snowfall uh, than Utah does. So, you know what? I think it's one of, you know, we, we all associate different things with the holidays. For me, obviously, I love getting together with people. I like being around people. Um, Thanksgiving, we're going to be at mama's fish house in Maui. That's going to be interesting, which we've been waiting to do for two years. Yeah. Historically, we, we have, you know, when we live in Salt Lake city, we generally are up at the canyons snowboarding and they have a great, um, Thanksgiving feast up there. Um, you know, but that hasn't been available because of COVID. Um, you know, a year ago we still lived in Phoenix and we had, everybody came to our house for one last shebang at at Casa de Monte mansion. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to being an adult on Thanksgiving, which is, I don't know how many more times I'll actually get to sit around somebody's family table and eat a turkey. Yeah. Uh, because that's not the way that we kind of do Thanksgiving anymore. We just, we tend to travel, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's different now, you know, I, I think, yeah, it is different as, as you know, we, I only have, you know, colorblind idiot over here for a child that's enough of that crap uh anyway i only have jake as a child like i don't have any other kids and he's never having kids so you know um although we do have to talk about your date tonight um we don't have like a huge family Mm -hmm. and now we're all three adults and we all make adult money we tend to travel on thanksgiving yeah so i'm hoping that trend continues yeah yeah i i just am ready for time off that's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for not worrying about work. <laughs> yeah, it's been Honestly. a long it's been a long run this year. Yeah, the the last probably 90 days have just been a grind. And I'll tell you this calendar year for me has been incredibly financially successful. Like I don't know that I've ever made more money than I made this year. Like it's been I'm so like just I'm not lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm fortunate. And I have a lot of gratitude, but I earned that, you know, like I earned that money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this podcast has had an unbelievable year. 
um, growth wise. Like, so it's yeah. this year's been very interesting, but I need some time away. Like I need some like quiet time. And that's what Hawaii is going to be about. And that's what the last two weeks of the year are going to be about. But, you know, it's interesting. One of the things we're doing this year for Christmas is we're not buying each other gifts. We're only doing stockings because we're we're going to be at, we're going to be traveling. So we're going to be at some resort somewhere that's got some kind of snow. Yeah. Uh, but we're only doing stockings this year. So w- have you got me my gifts yet? No, I'm I'm your gift every day. No, dude. When would I have time to go in and get you? So gifts? I'm gonna buy you treatment for colorblindness then over this. Dude, what what, what do you want me to get for your stocking? Because you don't you don't need you know prophylactics, right? So so what do you need? Jordans. Well, that's in about what, what do we got? Uh, 25 minutes. By the way, the shoe room is overflowing. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. You know, shoe room. I hey, I bought myself a new computer the other day. Merry Christmas to me, right? How much was that? Uh, like thirty four hundred bucks. Yeah, it's only money. You know, it's only money. You know, I just uh, Tanner Plummer wants to know what the Go Hawks drop is from. It's from Russell Wilson, NCR, laying in bed, about to get it on, and Buddy is getting ready, and she's like, "Go Hawks, Go Hawks." Go- YouTube it. Just YouTube Ciara Go Hawks, and you can see it. It's uh, it's nice. It's really it's nice. nice. Go Hawks. It is nice. You know. Provo Pit Barbecue says, I'm on a low-carb diet. Thanksgiving is going to suck. See, I don't understand. I, I lost a ton of weight doing low-carb. And then I figured out it wasn't necessary. Like, it's just, I'm telling you, you, you don't have to. I'm a huge believer that keto is terrible for you. And I'm a big believer that low carb is unnecessary. Carbs are not your enemy. The hard part is that when you're, when you're changing your nutrition, it can't be a diet. And so that's why everything I'm doing now has worked. And I have not, I, I continue to lose weight. I haven't gained any weight back. Um, my, the chiropractor yesterday was funny. He actually said, man, when you're in Hawaii, don't go to the gym. Seriously. Uh, I'm going to go to the gym in Hawaii. But anyway, the point is, um, the reason that that I've been able to lose weight and really just burn a ton of fat and put on muscle is because I'm in a calorie deficit and I work out. But the thing is, you'll never out-train a bad diet. If your nutrition is wrong, you're never going to lose weight. You're never going to cut. You're not going to put on muscle. Mm-hmm. You cannot out-train a bad diet. You can't. Nutrition, you can't. Um, Snuka says stuff is stocking with some built bars. Seriously, I yeah should. Uh, I'm actually on paleo, and it's more lifestyle. You really need to be in a lifestyle. You need you need to figure out how you can eat for the rest of your life. I guarantee you that if you're on a fad diet, you know, like low carb Atkins or you know keto, you're not. You, you can't did low sustain carb them. for a long time. I did, and you can't sustain. Yeah, it. it's hard because what happens after that? Yeah. Well, you eat carbs and guess what happens then? Well, you, you gain weight back. So what you have to do is you have to be in a calorie deficit. And by the way, what is low carb keto and paleo anyway? Well, it means you cut out a ton of stuff. So you're eating fewer calories. You're getting more protein. You're in a calorie deficit. So you are fat losing weight. <laughs> That's my point. You're not fat. 
<laughs> so you're in a all paleo, keto, low carb. All that does is put you in a calorie deficit. Yeah. So it just means you're getting a ton of protein. So my point is, and hey, Provo Pit, if that's what's working for you, man, knock yourself out. That's great. Um, I've just figured out that for me, I need to be in a calorie deficit. I need 21 to 2,500 calories a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I need a protein shake with creatine every day. Two scoops of protein and creatine every day does the job for me. I need 80 ounces of water. I need vegetables and protein at lunch. I need a lot of fiber in the morning. And we're all good to go. I figured out I don't sleep well when I eat dinner. Yeah. I don't know. What's the name of the restaurant I went to last night? I can never remember the name of that place. Village Baker. The Village Baker in, at the district. I got a cranberry turkey sandwich last night. Oh, well, that's why. And just slept terribly. Yeah. It was not good. Why? 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 Yeah, because it's bread and it's meat. It was so good. You can you can definitely eat. If you if you had had like a, you know, a salad or an assortment of like veg or fruit or something, that shouldn't mess you up. But the carbs is what gets your brain yeah. going. Yep. Uh, Cam Harrison says, I wish I was having Jack for lunch today. Dude. Don't we all? I, I'm, I swear to God. Ooh, Chris Carnes going to Vegas today. Oh, are you really? My man. Where are you staying? Where, where did we stay the last time? Cosmopolitan. Yeah, that place was fire, dude. Headed to Vegas this morning. Feeling good, Chris Carnes says. Cosmo is fire, bro. My man. Uh, Cody Strickland says, I believe the jury decided yesterday on, on Kyle, they knew it will take a while to finish the trial. And they went home around three instead of five. I'm sure he'll either be not guilty or get a hung jury. Yeah, he ain't going to jail. Yeah. He ain't going to jail. Um, Provo Pitt says, uh, whoa, comment dump. 88 pounds so far. Jim is the key along with veggies. Yeah. Brain training is major. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to do in the long term is mental. Yes. You have to win the mental battle. It is that simple. Work, life, sex, food, you name it. Gym, mental battle. Like, I didn't go to the gym yesterday. I went to the chiropractor. Instead, I felt guilty about it. And so I had to tell myself, hey, man, you've trained like five straight days. You took a day off. You'll be back at it tomorrow. Today's back and biceps. I'm going to crush that thing. And then I'm going to go get my hair cut with my guy, sweet-ass barber. In, in we. You keep saying I. It's right. we. Well, you're colorblind. Anyway, the point is. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with our barber. Right. Sure it does. Uh, anyway, the point is, because uh, he wears green all the time. Your tattoos look yellow today. Did you know that? Yeah, well. Again, you probably drank your pee. The point is, <laughs> the point is you're colorblind. Uh, we are going to go to the barber because I'm going to go to the gym alone today. Then we are going to go to the no, barber. No, you won't. I'll make it. I'll find a way to, you know, connive my way out of work. You know, it's fine. Back and biceps are amazing, man. I know. A little pounding so biceps. So excited to do biceps. Pounding biceps. So That's excited. the one thing I don't have. The one thing I have not been able to develop. I have amazing triceps. I have great traps, shoulders, cock like everything okay. oh wait that came out okay up. that came out no see what i meant to say okay. uh, uh, uh okay buddy forearms um, you know um i i just cannot train my biceps to grow i don't or they probably grow i'm just fat i need to burn more fat mm -hmm. um but that's really been my thing like i'm in this odd state and provo pit you can probably get down with this uh chris karn says village baker is legit yes it is it's very good yes it is uh, Monty, why are you wearing a yellow shirt today? Exactly. I don't know. See, exactly. that, see, and I, so I'm not the only one. Jack sourdough would be bomb for lunch. Snooka, stop it. Uh, fat. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> a sourdough would be so good. Um, 
Snooka speaks I'm my language. I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. I am. Snooka speaks my language. He gets it. Staying South Vegas at the Cancun. Oh, nice. Uh, might stop in Cedar at the Jack because of you guys. Oh, Chris, God, please. please. Chris, Get, get a number six, or if you want bacon, a number seven. Get Do not get curly fries. Don't go half-ass on it. Get the regular fries and get a shake for me. And then I want you tweeting about it, bro. Yeah. We need to see Pictures. this. Pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah, come on. Come, come up on, clutch. Carter. Chris, come come through, man. Let come us through. live through you. Come through. Let, yeah, let us let us you know. Let us eat our 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 cholesterol through you, Chris Carn. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, thank you. Uh I lost my train of thought. Uh oh, training. Oh yeah. I'm in training. this weird spot at the gym where I, I just don't have the drive. I don't have the fire. Yeah, because you've been doing it too damn long. Yeah, I, my body is, I think, physically tired. So, but my mind is in this place where I'm like, oh man, if I take a day off, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to lose all my gains. And it's like, no, you're actually not. Well, you will lose your gains. If you take one Strength. day off. I mean, if typically what happens is this happened to us the other day. We saw this the other day, not taking one day off, but like if you, if you take a week off from doing chest, let's say you won't be able to do what you did the last time you did chest. I mean, that's just, that's the truth, truth. It, you know? So like, yeah, you won't lose all your gains in one day, but it's just as a, a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, I don't it think it, I don't think it's that the body is tired. I think it is that the it, it is hard to just go and go and go forever, dude. Oh, I think overtraining is a real thing. I mean, six days a week for three, four months is is a real thing. Yeah, there's no doubt. My body, I do feel physically like I got this collarbone thing, you know, like it, the only thing that feels bulletproof right now are my legs. And that's because I do quads and hamstrings a lot. Yeah. So my legs feel really good. But I just physically, this this Hawaii trip, I need it to be like a reset button. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of sun, a lot of beach. And my wife said to me yesterday, man, I can't just wait. I can't wait to just get off the plane, go to the resort, drop our bags, and go down to the beach and put my feet the in the moment, sand. The moment you get off the plane in Maui and you feel that breeze... Hey, we've arrived. And the airport's open. Yes. You know, like... It, That's one thing I do love about the Hawaii airports. They're, like, more open and, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Have a nice day, gents. Heading to the gym now. Go get it, Provo Pit. Let's go, baby. Um, yeah, that's it. Show's over. One more show after today. Yes, sir. One more show. Yes, sir. And then we are off to Maui. Uh, next Tuesday, Jake leaves. Next Wednesday, I leave. Uh, Monday's the last show for the rest of Find us on social uh, media, man. You're going to be able to see everything yeah, we do. We're going to do some live streams on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, might do some live TikTok, too. Follow us, The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Go eat your jack-in-the-box, Jake.